It's been a long time, but welcome to Grills and Heels with your hosts, Trissy Lynn and Rebecca Scott. Each week, we talk about topics that span a variety of issues that we feel are important. This podcast is for adults only. You should be at least 18 years old to follow us on this journey. So kiddos, stop listening and go grab your parents. This podcast is for them. It's Rebecca Sky and I'm Tristy Lynn. Welcome to Grills and Heels. This is a place we talk about raw, edgy, and straight up real topics. So it's been a while, and we want to bless you guys with a good treat this week. Um, so on this episode, we will cover having hard conversations in relationships. Yes, so we're not coming light at you this week, we coming hardcore because you know life happens, mm-hmm. and I feel like we We've been doing this for, we're going into our ninth month of doing this, which is pretty impressive. I think that one, we've been consistent. <laughs> I told my sister, I was like, well, we, somebody else like did a podcast. I forgot who it was. You know, T.I. started his own podcast called Expeditiously. Like everybody in the podcast world. But anyway, somebody started a podcast. They started in January too. And they had like a hundred episodes. I was like, what the fuck? First of all, we have a real job. <laughs> We're not professional podcasters, nor do we have a consistent, like, millions of people listening. Now, if we got some 100,000 subscribers and stuff, I ain't going to lie. I'm quitting my job. <laughs> you got to get sponsorship first. Oh, then shit. I'm taking it to the YouTube. <laughs> I want to be on YouTube. Shit, you know people really make a life. They do. They, they do. Uh, a life of that, and it's really good money. And honestly... I'm not the person that ever wants to be where people know me. I'd rather you just hear what I have to say and it hopefully helps you. Um, then I, I don't want anybody to know who I am, though. I just something about that. <laughs> you like that anonymity of it. I love anonymity of it. I love just being a voice and not just like a personality because I think you can be more honest when you're just speaking from your heart and you don't feel like you have to say anything to make people happy. Right. You can really just kind of do your thing and either people love it or they hate it and that's fine either way. Like, And and I like when people don't agree with me. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to think that I am like other guru. Please, I'm not. But neither are some of these other fucking people out here that y'all follow <laughs> religiously. I refuse to subscribe to anybody on YouTube. Even though there's like a couple of people I really like. I just watch their videos. <laughs> I can't. That's too much commitment. Oh, before we get into that, you know, so funny. Um, I follow this girl um, called Lovely Mimi. She was on. Girl, she was on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And like she moved here because of all that I, stuff. I saw the video. But she had a video talking about divorce because her her I guess soon to be ex husband put out all these lies she say about her or whatever. So she was she had a notebook. Yes, she did. I was like, mm. Take the receipts. Yeah. You better have a notebook. Exactly. With a dissertation because she's very like, she's a character. And she says that. She like, says it. Me, like, lovely Mimi is one person, but one of her name is Mai Tai. Something she's like that. Racist, but <laughs> no, her name is like, it starts, it's like in my Young Tai or something like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, but I did, I watched a little bit of it, but then I got out of it because she kind of, just she kind of annoys me, <laughs> but she annoys me too. But I thought it was it was weird, not weird, but I thought it was like 
life changing because she said like that video she put out about her divorce was ranking up there in one of the most watched videos of her. And I'm like, see, the thing about it is so many people go through a divorce and they feel like they're alone and there's nobody that can, you know, understand their story. But yeah, for her to touch that too, I just wanted to talk about that because she's on YouTube and she's talking about her divorce and there's a lot of people, but we're doing it on podcasts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like the relate. And I, I, I couldn't relate to her story, but I felt how she's changing now. Like I follow her on Instagram and she talks a, a whole bunch about she is like, I guess, sort of like reinventing herself. She feels free now. She should. And that she feels like a weight was lifted. She's on a spiritual journey of knowing herself and, you know, like I getting to know. Well. But I, and I was like, I feel that. And I think you have to do that after divorce. You have to reinvent yourself. You have to find out who you are. You know, like she can't, I guess she can't break character of, you know, lovely Mimi, but her regular self, she can get yeah, right. And yeah, and that's, and that's part of the reason I set out I don't think I ever want to be somebody that's like known or like that. Because Just simply because when you become known for something, people don't realize. That's why a lot of famous people struggle because if you're not being true to yourself and you're being a character, life life's hardships come and people don't give a shit if you a character nobody gives a shit if you going through something you perform every day Toto you gotta put, come on I need you to jump through this hoop boo yeah, yeah. because that's how people are now getting their entertainment and it's very different very gone are the days where artists can be a singer and a performer but then they go home and they be a real person so now that you have more money flowing then, you know, back in the day, then you definitely can see the shift and the change and people wanting access to you 24 hours a day. But like I tell anybody, that fame monster, that beast, if you give into it, you got to give into it. And I'm sorry, when your shit falls apart, your shit's just going to fall apart. And either you're going to strip away the bullshit and just become clean with yourself mm-hmm. or are you going to keep with that character till you kill yourself mm-hmm. and I don't even mean like fit, like you don't have to commit suicide but you will kill yourself with drugs and this this right. this just trying so, to suppress just yeah like your your normalcy but let me ask you a question so um I'm going through a year of the separation thing I'm coming up on a year being divorced and what's crazy for me now is now that you know, I've been dating uh, my boyfriend for ooh, nine months. Sure, yeah, let's go with that nine months. And we've been in a you know pretty solid place. It's just interesting, like coming and going through all of that and seeing how much different I am in a relationship. Have you seen that, like serious relationships after marriage? Have you seen like? the shift in you in relationships or or are you do you feel like they're you're the same or you're different um i'm completely different than i was when i was married so tell me different how i guess i find myself okay speaking of the topic where i find myself being more freely to have hard conversations like i find myself um more willing to open up and talk about 
what I don't like. I felt like in my marriage, I had to like not want to step on their toes, not keep the want, peace, keep the peace. Basically, like I'm at a point in my life, I'm not keeping the peace. If I gotta keep the peace with you, I don't need to be with you. Like I don't like. I think I'm just more open now. Yeah, I, I feel like at some point, um, I you know I will definitely admit to the fact that I was a people pleaser for the large majority of my life. I just didn't want anybody to you know be upset with me. So that 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 kind of stuff used to really bother me. But now I just feel like in every aspect of my life. Like, I really don't give a shit what people think. Like, yeah. And the craziest thing about being in a relationship, and I said this to you earlier, I feel like when I'm in my truth, I'm the best possible version of myself in a relationship. Because if I can just be like, tell you how I feel about stuff, have a conversation with you, and we like really talk about those things straight up, I really truly feel like at that point, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Which brings me to kind of what we're going to talk about today, right? Rebecca Scott told me, or we talked about one time, I don't know if you read it, you saw it online or something. You made a statement and you said, if me having a conversation with you about the way I feel about a situation makes you like leave or make us get into an argument... If if, you, if me having a conversation about how I feel get it makes you like on the defense if you get offended by my true feelings I think that's what it was yeah and I think that's where you start looking at these relationships very differently and uh, you start looking at it in the best or the worst possible scenario right so if I want to talk to Rebecca Sky and this is so funny because we always put relationships in these weird contexts of romantic relationships should be handled like this and all other relationships should be handled like that I think that's wrong or a bad way of thinking about things really in all actuality why are you not just handling relationships the same way. If I have a successful friendship that I've had for over 25 years, let me look at the things in that relationship that have made sense. Because not everybody can say they've had a friendship for 25 years. If I have a, a, a successful relationship with my mom or my sister or my cousin or my niece or my nephew, I need to look at relationally how to how to interact with people, right? Mm-hmm. So am I going to get on the phone with and be like, bitch? Be like, bitch. Be like, bitch. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I hate when you do this. And okay, that's probably not going to garner the best reality from my friend but if I say hey friend (laughs) Rebecca Sky this is how I feel about when you do this if she's my friend she's gonna internalize that and then she's gonna respond with some type of dialogue hopefully and that's kind of how it works although we don't really have those this get on my nerves about you conversations we just talk about life a lot and so what that tells me is we in some ways have connected on a level that everybody doesn't connect on you know what and you you're right now that I think about it like I feel open with you like I feel I can talk about any and everything with you and it should be that way when I'm in a relationship with someone a romantic relationship right it should be I feel protected by you I feel I can tell you anything yeah and 
if I tell you something that's out the way, either you're gonna be like, bitch, calm down, you know, like, mm, you yeah. step it on toes, or you be yeah. like, well, you know what? It makes me think. And right. you're right. Like, if we have over a 20 year relationship, a friendship, damn sure I can make a relationship work with the right person. And here is the caveat of the right person conversation with your ex husband, with my ex husband, with this person. It didn't, you couldn't feel safe to have conversations. So you're never going to work through things because either I can't bring it up or I can't say that because he's going to react like this or I might feel like he might put his hands on me or you never know what roadblock has been put up, but there's definitely one. So now we jump past those terrible relationships to now having more normalized, good relationships. But here's the thing about a good relationship. You still have to talk about hard hard shit right and hard shit is going to vary between each time each relationship so if you get with somebody i gotta tell y'all element that will always add challenges i'm not saying it's a deal breaker i'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world but it becomes bigger than the two of you is if somebody has children or y'all both have children that isn't that is a situation you have to talk about and work out because some obstacle to the end game that might pop up and you got to learn how to have a conversation about it because if you don't you might as well be by yourself right right and you know what not and what made me more free freely talk about what bothers me is the fact that i'm okay with being by myself i had to come to terms with you know what if this don't work out, I'm okay with being by myself. If what I tell you about myself offends you, I don't need to be with you. And that's my problem. Or if I'm telling you, this is the shit that really, if people could grab a hold to this. If I'm telling you what I need in a relationship and you go, well, that shit don't make no sense, then I don't need you in a relationship. Really, when somebody says, this is how I need to be loved, this is what I need to be loved, you get a choice. Yes, I will give you what you need or no, that's too much. But the most selfish answer to that is, no, I don't want to give that, but no, I don't want to let you go either. Oh you my get God. The fuck out of my oh life my God. Shit. So I, that brings up a topic for me, someone Let's that I've go. talked to um, recently. When I'm sitting there talking to you and I'm telling you, this is my love language. You know, my love language, just say, for example, is words of affirmation and I want to say it is uh, physical touch. I think it's my okay. love language. Some, one or the other. But words of affirmation is my first one. Okay. That means you have to constantly tell me, you know, I'm doing great. Or some words of expression, you know, either how you feel about me or how beautiful I am. I need all that stuff to function. That's just me on a on a daily basis. Even when it comes to my boss, I feel like I'm not, if my boss is not telling me I'm doing a good job, well, I'm fucking up somewhere. Like, this is what it is. I just need that. I don't know why. Maybe because my mama always told me I was a good girl. I don't fucking know. But that's how, that's what I need to function. It's your love it's language. It's my love language. That's the so, extent of how you right. need to explain it. That's so, how you need to be loved. If the other person, I'm telling you this is my love language, their love language might be 
quality time and yeah. physical touch. Oh, no, okay. quality time, okay. physical touch. Okay. If I'm telling you I need words of affirmation, I'm saying our, our conversations are not going good. We're not having intellectual conversations. Right. It's not flowing. It's up to you to either come up to that level of I need to talk to her more or I need to do some more shit to let her know that I love you. That's up to you. But don't think your love language of quality time is going to fit my need because that is not my first thing. My first thing is words of affirmation. I need to be told some shit. I need to be talked to. So you're loving me how you want to please yourself. That don't work. That don't work. You can't love me through your love language. Right. And that's, I've had this, in this hard conversation finally with somebody. Tell them that. I had to tell them, see, I know your love language. I'm taking my time out to understand your love language. You need quality time. So I make sure I'm going out my way to see you as much as I possibly can. Yeah. What are you doing for my love language? Well, you know, when I get a chance, I see you. I see, that's not my love language. That's your I don't love need to spend time with me. You got to understand, I spent a lot of time by myself, three fucking years by myself. Quality time is not just fucking me. It's not me. My friends always told me, <laughs> I think you'd be great in a long distance relationship. Somebody just see from time to time, they get out your fucking way. That, you know, so quality time is not big for me. Now, when I do the quality time, make it the best. Yeah. But that's not what I need. I need to be talked to. I need, to, you know, all this other shit. You need it's to be affirmed that. and esteemed and good quality. And I and what's funny about it, I definitely know that's your love language. And that's why to me, as your friend, it's important to me to tell you you're a great mom. It's important to me to tell me, man, like, oh man, I love how you always so optimistic and this or that. So I've as a friend have tried to master that for you. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, be real. If this is a real fucking podcast, <laughs> let's be real. At the very least, if what I'm doing, I'm not trying to get in your pants. You should probably love me with my love language. Right, right. And I had to have the hard conversation to this person. You're not loving me the way I need to be loved. That's why I can easily say, fuck you. That's why I can just walk away and not answer your fucking phone calls no more. Because why? I'm going out my way. To make sure you a need of yours is met. You're not right. going out your way to make sure a need of mine no. is met. You're just fucking self-centered and a motherfucker. Like, it's all about you and you can't think past that and do shit like that. But I also, it brought another conversation that I had to have. A hard conversation is that person put up lots of roadblocks in the relationship with me. Yeah. And I finally told them, I understand how you need to be loved. I understand. I think I understand you. But the problem is you're so stuck on your past hurt and your past whatever the fuck that that girl did to you that you are taking it out on me. I ain't that bitch. I ain't do that that. shit. I ain't do none of that shit. Because I'm not going to do that to you. And I I had to have this conversation. I was like, think about it. All the shit in your head that you think I might do, have I done one of those things? No, you haven't. Then why the fuck am I still being held accountable for that bitch's shit? Because I, but into myself, I know I went three years by myself. There's a whole bunch of self-healing. I'm at the point in my life where I am not holding the next man accountable for my fucked up marriage. You can't do it. And I've known this, this motherfucker for over 20 years. It takes a lot to get 20 years worth of shit off of you. 20 years not, of damage. Yeah, and not hold you accountable for this shit. Because yeah. the another person that I'm born to be in a relationship with, got to understand that. Like, you, you never feel that residue on yourself. 
You don't feel that shit. But that residue for that other chick, I feel it all on me. Yeah. I feel it all on me. It takes a lot to get to this point, It though. does. You know what's interesting about what you're saying? And this was in my head while you were saying somebody loving you with their love language, not yours, is it's like I was dying of cancer and you continuously give me AIDS medication. You're not going to heal me using a medicine that don't work. It's effective medicine. It saves lives. It's good stuff. But is it going to help me? No, I need the chemotherapy. You won't give me the chemotherapy. You want to continuously give me the AIDS cocktail. How is the AIDS cocktail? I don't like that scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Now I don't got AIDS and then like that pod scenario. Okay, so I'll do another one. Let's think about the common cold and the flu. No, 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 no. not even. Let's say I am starving. I need food. I want food so much. I want, like, I need to eat something. I'm starving. But you keep giving me water. Water will keep me on this earth, but it's not going to cure my hunger. Right. You're right. Is that a better scenario? That's a better scenario. Does that work out a little bit better for you? works so much better. I like that one. (laughs) Believe them both in. But it's the truth. It's the heart that'll still sustain. So spending quality time with you won't be, shouldn't be a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but it's not fulfilling. Right. What you really need. And I got to tell you, that's a similar conversation that I had to have recently because I'm very straightforward with the things that I need in my relationship. Because let me be honest with you. I don't need, I don't, let me not say need in a relationship once because nobody needs a romantic relationship. We want them. I mean, but you, a lot of people live on this earth without having a romantic connection because you can have relationships with other people um, that can fulfill the human need that you need. You can have companionship that doesn't mean it has to be romantic. Correct. So when I say that, it's very clear. Like, I choose to give myself to my uh, boyfriend in a relationship. I don't. I don't need him to survive life. He don't need me to survive life. But do I want him? Yes. I never want to leave him. I never want to lose him. And because I'm in that space of, I don't think that I hope there's nothing that I could say to him to make him feel like, okay, this is a deal breaker for us. This is going to run him away. I hope that when I tell him how I feel about things, his reaction is, okay, we need to dig deeper into this. We need to, and honestly, every time that I'm like, well, maybe I'm asking too much. He always comes back to me. Hard conversation. And for me, those are a lot easier for me now because I think being able to say what I feel feel on my heart makes me feel open. Like I just never want to close off myself to him because then I'll get into a place of I'm not being honest. Should should I even be here? If I'm not with you, if we don't spend time together, if I'm not expressing how I feel, then am I in a damn relationship? True. It's a lot of people out here that's claiming folks and they single as hell. True. But the thing about it is, I think the factor with me and you mm-hmm. after divorce, we happen to find men who make. I wouldn't say find. I would say reconnect. We happen to find men reconnect 
No, we have to find men that we feel safe with. Yes. And absolutely. you have to feel safe with that person in order to, to me anyway, to express yourself and have those hard conversations. 100%. Because, uh, you know, even at first in my, my longest relationship after um, my divorce was with um, Bear. And even then... At the beginnings, it was sort of like, you know, tiptoeing. And I want, you know, I don't know about don't this. Rock don't want to rock the boat. But then when I started feeling safe with him, yeah, I was very much so more vocal. Like, I had to come to a point where I think, you know, not think, I feel that this man loves me. He definitely loves me more than I possibly could love him. Like, he shows this to me. But I think, he not that I didn't love him, but he definitely loved me more than that I loved him because I still had some residue from, you know, preservation. Yeah. So it wasn't just like that, but it was like the more time came along, the more open I got and the more, you know, I was able to meet on the the love language and um, or meet on a love level. But I think you have to feel, I guess, connected and safe with that person. Because if you don't feel safe with that person, then you can't have hard conversations. Um, 100%. But also, like, with me and my my last relationship, it was, if I can't, having this conversation with you offends you, then we need to pump the brakes and reevaluate this. Because I'm going to keep having these hard conversations, whether you like it or not. So either you're going to jump on board and be able to communicate effectively with me, or are you going to be able, are you going to back away? That's your choice. But understand, I'm going to keep having these conversations. But I think me and you are the same type of person, our partner in a relationship. If you're in a relationship with me, I'm not going to let you be complacent. I'm not going to let you just be mediocre. Like, it's going to be... We're going to build each other up. I'm going to build you up. I'm on, You're going to tell me your dreams. You're going to tell me your aspirations. You're going to tell me your goals. And we're going to make sure we conquer this shit. Just like if I tell you mine, you make sure I'm going to conquer my shit. You gotta, we got to be partners in life, period. Yeah. So I think if you have a partner in life, y'all, all, y'all both have the same end goal, you know, and I think yeah. it makes it easier. But you got to feel safe and connected with that person. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, and it doesn't, because let's just be honest. The first couple of months you with somebody, especially if maybe y'all dated before, or you feel safe with them, man, it'd be a love bubble like hell. Yes. You'd be like, oh my God, you walk on the earth, and oh my God, you're breathing. You like to breathe. <laughs> I like to breathe. Like, this shit is real high school. It's the bubble. Mm-hmm. It's the bubble. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, because I used to be like, man, that's when the sex be the best. Girl, let me tell you something. You get deep in love. That's what I'm saying. I think at this point in my life, and I know we and our, you know, sex and the prime of our lives and stuff like that. But I'm going to tell you now, the lovemaking is on a different level for me because I feel so connected in love with this person that this shit blows my mind sometimes. Because, like, sometimes I'm looking at him and I just see everything I want for the rest of my life. Ooh, that's deep. Hold on, wait. That's deep. That's deep. But she admitted that shit. Ooh, that was a lot. That was a lot. Um, I don't know why I just stopped in that heart, but all in your bag. In my bag, nigga. Like, hard. Uh, not 
Um, but all in my bag. Um, but I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I just, I think, I feel like where I am in my life is I finally get relationships and I think I get it at the point into which I probably could have done it easier on myself by probably not marrying my ex-husband. But I don't know if I would have been this open to being able to express myself in the way that I feel and the way that I love. Like, I feel like some people use divorce as the crutch or the crux of their life that broke them down. Mm-hmm. It actually has propelled me forward because I've taken it as a catalyst to move forward in life to be the best version of myself. So when I look at it, I don't look at it like, you know, some people look at divorce like, oh shit, like she ain't never going to be the same. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God I'm never going to be that shell or that shadow of that person who's scared to say what I mean, who's, you know, scared that somebody going to leave me. Bye. <laughs> person, bye. <laughs> bye. Like, but you know what? Also, I don't want you to go, but if you need to. <laughs> that also um, makes me think of, because we're on two separate spectrums when it comes to new relationships and having kids. Correct. To go back on that. I knew this person's going to be my end game when I started bringing him around my kids. Like, I had to tell myself that it's okay. And I felt safe with him. So, in order for us to be, I guess cohesive about to do baby steps and he wasn't just coming in and jumping right into the routine of things that wasn't going to happen uh-huh. it took it took a couple months for him to even meet my kids okay so i had to make sure that i felt safe him now they're going to be around let's see how the kids work with it slowly did everything so now we're at the point where my kids know them they, they have their own jokes with them or stuff like that he might be able to get up in the morning make breakfast for everybody the kids up you know doing whatever we want to do and come back I don't hmm he wasn't part of our routine until I guess it was no he wasn't really part of our routine he's never been part of our routine to the effect of you're gonna help me get him dressed in the morning you're gonna help yeah. me do what he's he's never part of that routine because i always feel that's my responsibility point blank period because i am their parent and you're not gonna be part of that routine until we are cohabitating together and that's when you're part of the team, we're oh, part oh, of the team. okay so this is interesting because I feel like me and you have similar situations that can happen, but we have totally different perspectives. Right. In a cohabitation of you with somebody else, you would be the parent and they would be coming into the environment. On the other aspect, cohabitation partner going into somebody who has a kid, kid in uh, their routine, their kids in their routine. So tell me as a parent, tell me how you feel. I, I'm going to take notes. I can tell you right now, because um, it was a lot. But the first thing I had to do was be more open with him. No, no, no. I mean, moving if y'all were to cohabitate, how would you want to like, okay, this is what our new routine is, in- incorporating him with the kids? Okay, 
Again, by this time, if it's my in-game person, he already knows we talked about and my kids don't really strive for my attention. You know what I'm saying? So it'd be different. I think it's different when you're dealing with older kids versus younger kids. Now I say it this way because, you know, I have a younger son. So I think his impact will be different versus my girl's impact. They're they're out. So I'm not really going to include Yes, they're very self-sufficient. So I'm not really including them. So by the time I might cohabitate with somebody, they probably could be out the house. But my my son's still going to be there. So anyway, how I incorporate it is baby steps as in the person is taking my son on little adventures first. This is before cohabitating. Because before cohabitating, because before, before you cohabitate, you can't just bust out. We live together. This is somebody in the house. That can't be done. Now that was done with me and my um, stepfather. My mom got married because I, I was I was a teenager. I was sixteen years old. I remember. And he didn't come in saying, "Call me daddy," whatever. Never call him daddy. Never gonna call him daddy. I had a daddy. I don't give a shit. So, but what what made me upset was only one time when his mama came in and his mama was like, you better call me grandmama. Put some hand on, your, on my name. No, I ain't got to call you shit. I'm a teenager. I'm 16 years old. My mind is made up. And I got a grandma. Exactly. Two of them. I ain't got to tell, I ain't got to call you shit. So that, that's, what, that's my thing. My mom like he took us out he took us to movies took us out to eat yeah, before awesome. they before they move in together okay. that has to happen you can't just say we're gonna be in a routine when we live together that can't happen it has to be something established before that even happens cause the kids gotta get used to you being around the kids gotta get used to counting on you as a person and just and what do you think about like should kids see you like enter- what is your um, opinion about you think kids should to see y'all interacting like that, like like kissing. And, yes, or no. yes. We only because kids have to see that if this is the person you're going to be with, because you want to show your kids this is how you Healthy love someone. Yeah, this is how it should be, and that's how my kids saw us too. Me and the person that my in game person, they saw me very, very, very flirty, hugging. We might kiss on the cheek, but nothing like over. Yeah, yeah nothing, nothing like that. But it was just. Like, I, I knew I was going, doing right when my middle daughter was like, I've never seen you so happy. Uh, you know, you don't fuss as much as any Bad mother's mom getting... I get them guts done. Okay. Oh, so anyway. I wasn't going to say it on the But you have to, it has to be one-on-one time. And I, I gave them that too, because, um... I remember at some point he was at, he was at my house and um, he had one on one time with each of the kids. With, with my middle child, she liked um, they connected the first time they met because of anime mm-hmm. and all that stuff. He was in anime and he was connected with her and they had their own jokes and plus also cooking things. She likes to cook. He likes to cook. They were just connected and that's how it was going to be. So they talked about that and. They had a side conversation, just them two. And, you know, just that and spending time alone. Maybe they were alone for like 30 minutes because, yeah, I was doing something with my son. And, but that's that time. in the house. 
we were outside the house. Okay. We were at a, we were somewhere at an event, but they were connected or whatever. And she was like, you know, I really like him. He's really cool. Now with my my oldest daughter, they were just talking about things that she liked, like um, cars. She likes cars and music, and that's his thing too. Like I see, that's why he's. I think he's my in game person because I see a hobby or a connection with each one of my kids yeah. with him. So that has to be established. Like I had to let my guards down. It's the fact that if this person is my in-game person, I have to trust them around my kids. I have to like, and it has to be out of my control because I'm a control freak. Yeah. And I think most single parents, especially when you're doing it by yourself, it's not really a co-parent thing. You, you have control issues because they all, they're your little puppets and you've been dangling a little thing, you know, for so long, but you have to be more open to, to trust this person with your kids. And you can't, you can't be overprotective at that point. If you think this, y'all going to share a life and cohabitate together, yes, that you have to be able to trust that person enough to they're alone with your kids or you know our first maybe and the first thing you know you're not alone you, you y'all do all yeah, family yeah. functions together and, and i, I you totally do, get that and you and, go out to eat you go to movies you do but all you that know shit what? together i think one part that you really made clear before you even started this you knew this person and you felt safe you felt yeah. safe this ain't i met you on the street we've been dating for a month and you come over and i leave you with my daughter yeah no no hell no like and, and, and meeting these chicks with your with your sons it's some yeah. crazy our daughters now don't do that shit some, and you need to watch because this is the thing that I think some men get into a pitfall with women. Because it, it is some good daddies out here that really care about their kids and really want them to have the best. And they really will want somebody to come along and they will put their kid in harm's way. Men like, no, you need to recognize that this chick don't just want you to want you. She want to be there for you and she want to be there for your kids. Your kids should never be at anything more than a bonus. Right. Your kids should be a bonus. His kids should be a bonus and females, your kids should be a bonus. I think so much in when you have single parents, like people look at those kids as baggage. baggage. Oh, you got baggage. No, that's not baggage. That should be a bonus. And if anyone refers to your kids as baggage, bye. Okay. Bye. All right. It's too much. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. Beyond about your life. But I think what helped me too when it came to this is I think I have a different story if my in-game person didn't have a child. I think it'd be totally different. Because then I'd be like, hmm. You know, I don't know, but I saw their parenting skills. I saw how they interact with their child. Or, you know, even if he had nieces and nephews or whatever the case may be, I saw the interaction. If I'm with someone and they don't interact with kids, kids don't like them, I ain't finna finna make no part of that. How much I like you. Yeah. Something about kids don't like you. Yes. Kids know that shit. Yeah. And and that's the other thing, like, I always laugh about is, of course, I always wanted, you know, a big family. You know, it didn't happen. It's all good. But the one thing that is important to me is kids are very important to me. And and I think that's important. Like you said, like if you somebody like, God, it's just be like they're little kids, little kids are going to be chatty. Little kids ask questions. Little kids want to try your sandwich. Little kids. (laughs) But I think being around my sister's kids and other people's kids have really helped me because kids are my folks. Like, and, and then, you know, I work with young people. 
every day. But that's a, also a thing too. If you're with somebody and their kid annoys you, or their kid is at the point where you just look at them like, you know, I just I can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand. You don't need to be with that person. That's the wrong person for you. But if but if you have kids and but you want that person to be around your kids, but you're not respecting their kids. That's, that's not okay. Listen, and that literally happens all the time, especially with women. Women will want a man to come in and be yes. their daddy, and then when they kids show up, they treat that kid like trash. Yes. You a whole garbage human being, lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because how dare you want somebody to be the father to your kid, but when somebody is in your home, you should be the mother to that kid. And you don't have to be their mama, but you should want to take care of them and be that person that I'm going to feed you. If you fall down, I'm going to kiss your boo-boo. Why? Because you should have been raised better than that. Right. And that, that's a that's a, that's a great story. I mean, that's a great like aspect of it. But I think when you have a kid, you, you have kids and you're inviting somebody into your life to be with the mm-hmm. kids, you have to first trust them. Then you have to be able to let that person build that bond with that your it children. It has to be separate. It has to be separate from you. Now, I understand when I first started, you know, we were in our bubble. I didn't bring around my kids. Like, that was my safe place because I've been single for so long, single, doing a whole parenting thing by myself. Wasn't really co-parenting nobody because it's a piece of shit. So, I I saw this opportunity, like, to go to his house instead of my house as a escape, mm-hmm. you know? So, get away from my kids. Give me a little mini break. Give me a little mini that. But eventually, like he said, seeing this and the fact is, I like this person. If I want this person to be part of my life for the rest of my life, I have to make sure we combine the two. Like, it's okay for me to want this person and this person to be my safety net, but I I have kids so with that with me having kids they have to be able to be around my kids too it has to be how I can integrate them and my kids together and we can all be happy where they are not just my safe place they have to be my kids safe place too and I have to feel still safe with them around my kids so when if you do that right so does that then become for you or do you worry about your partner being overwhelmed about with your life responsibility since you feel like you got to be the parent you got to do this do you ever worry about your partner feeling overwhelmed let me tell you this no and i say and i say this just i say this you know, I'm a parent of a special needs child. Yeah. That is in itself, you know, that's a lot of responsibility. That's not just, you know, I have little babies, you know, I'm just a single parent. No, that's a whole different ball game. You know, it's you still have kids, but when you're a parent of a special needs child, it's a whole different game. Like, the, the, normal, the normal shit people say, you know, I'm overwhelmed with my schedule. Bitch, you don't know overwhelmed until you have a special needs child. When this child requires... A lot and gonna continue to require a lot because who knows if my specialty child, who knows if she will be able to actually live outside the house. She might be there for the rest of her life. I can't keep using that as crutch. I can't keep saying, you know, my sketch is overwhelmed. No. You know, it took a lot of responsive, it took a lot of trust in me to sit there and say that. But I had to feel comfortable. And when that person came around, they treated like they treat my child, my daughter, like any other kid. So that's, that's how I knew. I, okay, this is good. So that's not a big factor. I don't care if I had a little baby. I don't care if I had like a four-year-old who wasn't coming. If that person comes around, yeah, the four-year-old can require a lot of my attention. It's going to be there. But if they're integrating and they're 
helping me or they're um, talking to my kid, my kid feels safe around them. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's, that's like a, um, a weight off my shoulders. You know, having uh, my in-game person be around my oldest daughter and they're having communications, they're laughing, and they're talking like, yeah, that was a weight lifted off me. That was like, okay, so people can be out there. I can share my life with somebody. I can interact and it can be normal. Because I thought that was my biggest fear. That was one of our first conversations we had on the podcast is that I thought I had too much baggage. I thought no one, I'm never going to find someone like my ex that's what's that's why I kept him alone. My, uh, um, that's why I kept up with him for so long because I didn't feel like I could ever find someone who's going to accept, you know, my special needs child and all my other kids. Yeah. But when you find someone like that, you have to be able to integrate. You have to be able to actually talk to that person and invite them into your life, and it has to be a hard conversation. Being on the outside looking in, like he didn't have a conversation with me about it but I had a conversation with him like this is my this is all me our life my life my schedule you know it's busy um I you know I also am a teacher so you know teacher shit like I'm tired sometimes Monday through Friday I'm tired then I gotta take care of my children I gotta cook gotta clean gotta do all that shit for them homework all that shit it's busy then my child my middle child was in softball so I had that you know that ruined schedule too so but he understood it and but the thing about this I didn't block him from understanding it I put it all out there but that's me like I'm just like here here we are boom either you can take it or you can't take it yeah but there's no when you went when someone I guess it's different too because he had kids but he was a weekend dad like you know what I'm saying no I'm saying he no, I didn't have the full exactly resp- responsibility. So I have to remind him to this day. I run a whole house, yeah. a whole house. I, I'm not, I'm not. I don't get breaks. I don't get you know every other weekend they with their dad. I don't get that shit. Never. They with me twenty four seven. It's we we locked and loaded. Like you gonna yeah. get all this shit all the time. And and I think that's the important part of when you're somebody outside looking in. I feel like it's important to like really take in everything that a person has being somebody who is single and doesn't have kids. And my life is my life. I can get up and go like right now I'm, I'm planning a really epic trip next year and it's super exciting for me and all of that. And it's like a couple people, Rebecca Scott, that um, I would love to go with me. Even, even coach, I would love for him to go. He cannot live, leave the country for three weeks. That's an impossible task to ask of anybody who got kids. Right. I can't ask. No, no, no. Anybody who got kids and care about them. Oh, difference. Correct. Take care okay. Let me let me say that. <laughs> let me say that. Somebody who takes care of their kids, who um, who's the full time, who parent? is the full time custodial parent. They can't leave their kids for three weeks. Right. Hell, I'm at some point probably going to be like, God, I need to get back to the I miss my boy. Like, I know I'm going to miss him when I'm gone, but I also know the importance of me living my life to the fullest so that I can be the best possible parent. And I'm not going on three week, you know, European vacations every, every couple months. Hell, I may not do it again for 10 years, <laughs> but it's something that's important for me to do at this age for myself 
And I think it's, it might be the last big three weeks single, you know, have my, live my best life because I do think my life is going to go towards cohabitation. And I want, that's something I want. I will put that on record. Yeah. Remember we had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago, a month mm-hmm. ago, you know, I told you, you got to start acting like this is going to be your end game person. You know, you can't still, oh, what if, what if, what if? No, if you know this is gonna be your in-game person, y'all need to start doing the steps to make it your in-game person. You Correct. can't because we're too old at this point. You can't keep baby foot baby steps around shit. You have to, we know we together. We you we gonna work on this. Boom. We're grown. We make our decisions. We gotta make shit together. Honestly, I think you have to have the conversation of do you want to be in a relationship where we're going to be in separate homes? Because there's some relationships that work like that. Right. Or is it going to be a relationship where we're going to work towards this one goal? And if that's what we're going to... And we had to start having those conversations. And again, those are not easy conversations to have when people are used to their space, when, you know, I've been in a marriage. You know, these are very different conversations to have. So that's what's been happening. But it's a process. The one thing that I will say about hard conversations is this. Typically, hard conversations are not one-setting situations. Hard conversations typically have... A, B, C, D, E, F. It might be something that continuously goes throughout for at least a couple months. Right, it could be. Because depending on the issue. Well, hard conversations are not like, babe, I wish you would, you know, scrub your feet. Okay? (laughs) Hard conversations are, nigga, you a terrible cook. (laughs) Hard conversations are, this is where I want our relationship to go. Babe, I don't like this. Hard conversation is I need to start bonding with your kids, so let's start getting this shit together. Yeah. That's that's a hard conversation, especially when the parent, you know, luckily for me, my in-game person was all on board regardless of the fact. My in-game person was like, I'm gonna take your son fishing. He talks about fishing all the time. I'm gonna take him fishing. Him and my son are gonna go play. Uh, he's like, now you know the first time you're gonna have to be there because I don't know. But after that, it's gonna be our bonding time. I'm gonna take him fishing. You know, you have to be willing to you have to be willing to let that go. And I think that's that's hard for for parents and this I can only imagine because I'm not one but it has to be hard for somebody who makes sure who's so particular in loving their kids and making sure their kids are good to let relinquish any type of control because let's be honest I'm inviting you into my world mm-hmm. and so I don't want you to come in here and then you decide one day oh this is much because that's a shitty situation for little kids Right. It's bad enough when you're dating somebody, but that's a shitty situation for people. But I think, and I think people who are like that show signs of like of being like that. People who who are temporary, they do temporary shit. I'm gonna tell you something, and this me getting in my bag and putting my shit out there. I've dated somebody before who had a kid. I haven't dated a lot of people who were full time dads. But I dated somebody before who had a kid, and I was, like, totally, like, in their routine, da 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 And one day I was like, it wasn't too much, 
but I didn't feel like the relationship was where it should have been. And so I broke up and part of me wanted to maintain my relationship with the kid. But I got advice from somebody that said, look, you'll never be able to get over this person if you continue with that kid. And that's something to this day I regret. What you mean? Why do you regret? Not staying in the kid's life. But why would you stay in the kid's life? Because I wanted to, because I really care and love that kid. But I, I understand that. I understand about care and love the kid. But I see it as, I see it as being selfish. I see it, you love and care that kid because it fulfills a selfish part of you. That's not going to benefit the kid in any way. That kid has to learn to let that go. The kid, it's going to confuse the kid anymore. Like, because that, if that, that person, that dad, okay, okay you're not gay, so it's a dad. So it's a dad. <laughs> I like if it. the dad gets another relationship and that relationship is strong and, and they're ma- and they're married, you should not be in that kid's life. I mean, when they get older, if you want to reach out when they get 18, you know, remember me, I took care of you, that's good. But while that while that kid has a potential step parent that they can look up to, there's no way that you should still be lingering in that kid's life if that kid was not that child's mother. No matter how hard it might be. And I, it's coming from experience. Now, with my fucked up ex-husband, his oldest daughter, as prime example, he brought every single woman that he's ever dated and flourished around her. Mm-hmm. So when we got married, I... I was different. I was the woman who wasn't going anywhere. So she was in kindergarten at the time. Okay. So, but he still had exes. Oh, how is your daughter doing? How is all, you know, I'm checking on whatever. That's none of your business right now. And then he entertained it for a while. It confused her because she was so young. Um, So she was like, well, where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? Well, you know, we, we don't talk, you know. I'm married to her now. This is your stepmom. Oh, okay. But I, I still want to spend time with so-and-so. That And that brings up friction in our relationship. Because if that wow. woman is coming in, I mean, if that woman is still there and communicating with your child, that child is not going to be able to properly bond with that new woman. It's not going to happen. Because not only that child have a biological parent, now that child is bonded with your ex-girlfriend, who's not really just in there to spend time with a child, for what? And now the child has to bond with your new girlfriend, a new wife. That's three people already in this child's life that should not, it should not be that way. Because that child can't split their heart three different ways. That's, I mean, I I feel like, wow. Because it, it's, now, it's I feel like now that's where the advice that I was given makes so much sense. Because selfishly, and I'll say that selfishly, I didn't. But that was an old school person telling me, nah, you need to, that ain't right. Mm-hmm. That's not right. That's not right for the kid, and that's not right for you. Because you, the, the person told me, you won't be able to move on. Because you gonna how you gonna explain that to your new boyfriend? Like, right. I'm going see my my son basically in essence, and that's rough. And so now for me, I guess I get I see so many things different. It's just I I try my hardest in life not to live with shoulda, couldas, and wouldas because there's nothing you can do about them. Right. I try to make the best choices from this point going forth. But that is something that lingers in my heart because when I love somebody, I, I love them. I want the best for them and I don't want them to ever hurt or feel anything bad. I just want the best for them, especially 
young people. Like, I just feel like it's so many shasty grown-ups out here that's just fucking over kids. Mm-hmm. And I just never want to be that person. And I guess I I guess you explaining that to me like that was that's real life, man. And it's here's the one thing about dating in this world and dating people with kids. Like, I can't tell you what it's like dating with kids, but I can tell you what it's like dating people with kids. For a long time, I didn't do it because I get so attached. So I I will tell you, I only really did it twice. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's like, it's crazy to me because you, if you love a man, I don't understand. I cannot fathom how you don't love extensions of them. Mm-hmm. And literally there's their children started in their little ball sacks. So I'm confused how you don't <laughs> like the little boy or the little girl when they started in the man you love's ball sacks. <laughs> they came out of his balls. <laughs> Gentlemen, mm-hmm. to say this, I'm not even talking to ladies. No, you it didn't start in your ball sack. Okay, they they have little ball sacks, and your baby running around, your 16 year old started in your ball sack. So like, protect them, right? And you know what? And it brings me to the brings me back to this conversation with my ex. He brought girls around his daughter, his oldest daughter, all the time. It was more of a showpiece. Oh, look at my beautiful daughter. You know, I take care of her. Look at all this shit I do. When re- when reality really didn't, but it was a, it was a, like a man. It was like a puppy. It was, a, yeah, like a puppy. Look, look, get attached to this little puppy. Let me dangle the puppy. <laughs> but in essence, it's a human being. Right. Let me dangle the human. So with, <laughs> with that, it was why do this? And for him, it was, I could see this woman is a good woman because she's going to care for my kid, you know, and for him, it's more of a manipulation thing. So she's going to care for my kids so I know I can get whatever I want from her. She sees me as a good dad. So this going to be, you know, he's a homosexual. So he's going to, I'm going to move in with her. Nah. <laughs> I'm going to move in with her because I got to know where to live. Hashtag homosexual. <laughs> Not homo. Hobo. Homosexual. B-O-sexual. <laughs> Which means you fuck for shelter. Yes. You, you, shelter. you fake a relationship for you shelter. You fake a relationship for shelter. So, oh, <laughs> Okay, we gotta cut this out because we got. I got some whole new stuff to dig into. <laughs> okay, so this is gonna be a part one of our two part special because we got a whole bunch of hard conversations, and plus we gotta make up for hard time. Me, we lost time because we've been right. we've been off the boat for a long time. We gonna get back regular because <laughs> honestly, we need this as much as y'all need this. <laughs> it's therapy. It's for us therapy. Too. It's cheaper. It's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> okay. So, you have listened to Grills and Hills podcast. Catch us on our next episode. We'll talk about more interesting topics. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and now Pandora. Um, yeah, 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 I'm trying to tell you about that. We on Pandora now, yeah, too, bitch. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> we doing this shit. So, we'll talk to you guys episodes two-parter so listen up if you want to hear more we got more shit to, to um talk about all right bye